The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Guys, please, please, enough ah, with the photos. Ah, enough with the photos, ah. all right? Oh, oh man. When I get out of the airport at MHK, it's popper. Over here, Mitch, over here. I was Mitch, Hollywood. Mitch, What about the rumors between you and Kim Kardashian? Mitch, Mitch. What about, what about the rumors that you're I, opening a new restaurant? I told that Pete Davidson to take a hike. Take a hike, huh? Get out of here. You, you at least got swole while you were on the beach, right? The gym was closed. Oh, can you believe that? Oh, in Cali? In Cali, I know. Oof. A place where they don't care about any pandemic. No. Or don't, right. they don't make you wear a mask. They didn't make you wear a mask. Uh, so actually, that was kind of interesting. The whole mask thing was a little bit interesting because we all assume, you know, as you know, K-State, it was just, what, a few days ago, they say Bramlage for Senior Day, don't have to worry about the masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they encourage you to do so, but it's totally up to you, not going to make you. Um, the whole mask thing, like, I was surprised it was actually very similar to Kansas. It was... Yeah, signs are up. We want you to wear the masks. We're technically supposed to have you wear masks. But if you walk in without them, we're like, not going to be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? Right. You are breaking the law. <laughs> no, that did not happen. So, like 2020, February 2020, um, we had a vacation plan, long planned. We went down to Miami. And, um, I, sorry, 2021, last year in February, mm-hmm. last year. And in Miami, they were real serious. When you walked into like a Walgreens, if you didn't have your mask on, everybody goes, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? And they shove a mask in your face. Chicago is like that right now. I was very surprised how little I saw of people wearing masks. That's crazy. Real, I mean, Los Angeles, California. Yeah. I mean, from, I will tell you though, so it was Monday night, so we had the day off and it was that night. I've always wanted to go see a show at the Whiskey Go Go. I also want to see a show at the Troubadour. Yeah. So the Troubadour is where Elton John had his first U.S. show. Like he was ah. trying to become somebody, so he comes over to L.A. and trying to become big, and that was a big start for the him. Troubadour. But um, the Whiskey Go Go is on the Sunset Strip. It's a, it's a staple of the Sunset Strip. It's like across the street from the Viper Room, which I'm Whoa. sure is another place people have heard of. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that night, that Monday night. You could get in for ten bucks and watch a couple of like cover bands. And let me tell you, like I'm sure we've all seen cover bands, right? Oh yeah. Uh, we've gone to a bar and it's this band that shows up. They try to dress the part of the era they're playing music from. Um, let me tell you, these two bands were cover bands on steroids. Whoa! Like the first one was amazing. They were like '70s to '90s, and then um, which the also lead singer was a gal. Probably in her 50s, kind of looked like Joan Jett in really good shape, and she was phenomenal. And then the band, the second band, the main event, you know, the, the headliner was a band called Fast Times, and they were all 80s. Ooh. And they had a light show. They had like a video board that had words on it and stuff. Whoa. And it was a five piece. So the lead singer, Fast Times, right? He's Spicoli. <laughs> He's got the sunscreen on the nose, wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, and then wearing jean shorts. And then, of course, 
you got to have guys that look the part right. So, Troy, you might be able to guess who would be who's a bass player you can think of that was from a big '80s band. Oh boy, um, you're, I'm hair, hair, hair metal, hair metal. Um, Nikki Six. Okay. Yeah, Nikki Six out there. Nick, I was gonna yeah. say they had to have yeah. Motley Crue. All right, Motley Crue. Yeah. And then as a guitarist, they had Slash. Whoa. The drummer was Devo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wearing light up red glasses, and then they had a just this keyboardist. I couldn't figure out who he was. He was he looked like a mix of Rob Zombie and uh, Ronnie Van Zant. Whoa. If you can imagine. Sure. And he actually sang Sweet Child of Mine, but he would always come on for keyboard songs. But this band comes out, and like it's this big introduction. They get on stage. It's like it's like they're playing at the Forum <laughs> in front of thousands of people, but instead there was like 50 people. <laughs> and uh, they get on stage, and all of a sudden they jump into uh, Reach Out and Touch Faith. I was like, oh, Okay, so this is a little bit of a different pace than I thought we were going with. I saw the keyboard <laughs> right. out there. I was like, they're going to start with like Jump from Van Halen or something, yeah, like a big yeah. song to start out with. Then they go reach out, then they go into they, like re- Relax. And I was like, they played songs I was not expecting. They played From Whom the Bell Tolls whoa. by Metallica. I was like, this is awesome. Wow. That is a repertoire. Yeah. I, I would not have expected a. Wow. 80s hair metal cover band to jump into Depeche Mode. Jeff no. Coley as yeah. the lead singer. Yeah, would not have expected Depeche Mode in there or Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Wow. Played, played Shout at the Devil. Yeah. And they did sure. end up playing Jump. The the song they closed with, though, which uh, totally blew me, me away, they were amazing at it, Another Brick in the Wall. Whoa. Ooh. I was okay. like, what a way to close a wow. show from Whom the Bell Tolls and... And a little Pink Floyd at the That's end. Crazy. I, I, it, it totally blew my mind. But to get in, so you had to show proof of vaccination and you had to be wearing a mask. You also had to, of course, have your ID. So they wanted to see your vax card and your ID. I just took a picture of mine. That was totally cool. Did that, showed it to the lady that sold me the ticket, and then I showed the bouncer. And then once you got in, nobody was wearing masks. Mm. Everybody's vaccinated, all that stuff. So, I mean, things were kind of loose. It was a lot more loose than I thought it would be. Well, and you brought up a great point, though, though. You get in and nobody was masked because they were all vaccinated. Right. You know, that, that's where places like California have been good in that they've been holding such limits like that in place, probably much more than what we have seen take place here in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Go look up Fast Times on YouTube when you get a chance. Like, I want to ask them to come play my birthday party. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Coming up in August. Fly Wait, them out here. Oh my somehow God, go get be, some cash. Oh, and, which is a beautiful reference to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where Jeff Spicoli blew all of his birthday his reward money by having Van Halen play his birthday party. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah, that, right oh there in the movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, unintentional reference, dude. That's get Judge great. Reinhold out here to... <laughs> He can bartend or something. Yeah, you flip some burgers. Hey, yeah, Phoebe Kate's in the pool. That's a, that's it. I'm good. Oh, of course it'd be a pool, yes. Oh. It's in August, oh. so there's got to be a pool. But I was blown. That was so much fun. And then also I that ran. day, like it was a whole day. <laughs> the Half the team, I went with them. We went to the Santa Monica Pier, which I looked it up ahead of time. It was just basically a, an amusement park on a pier with sure. prices sky high for food and drinks and stuff. So I just went on a walk. I got away from everybody. I had my own agenda. I went on a walk. I wanted to go to Venice Beach. That's where I wanted to go. But it was a two and a half mile walk. I walked the whole thing. I walked all the way down there on that sidewalk. It's like where everybody skates and mm-hmm. stuff on the rollerblades. And so I walked down to Venice and it was 
people people watching was awesome down there. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a yeah. lot of fun, but you never were like sketched out. Like sure. there were some weirdos, sure. but it wasn't like crazy weird. Like anybody would be okay down there. It's just fun to be down there and watch all different kinds of people down there. <laughs> and the, the skate park was open. Went down there and watched some kids skateboard for a while and do some cool tricks. The muscle gym, though, the muscle beach part, that was closed. Nobody was working out or anything. I was a little disappointed because I, I was expecting just meatheads yeah, yeah. out there pumping iron, squatting like 950. Yeah. Uh, none of that. Dang. Dude, wasn't that's happening. Like the Mr. Olympias are usually just pumping iron like that Ronnie guy. I can't remember his last name, but he's the dude that's jacked out of his mind, or he was. That's where they were hanging out back in the day. And it was a lot of kitschy stuff, like they expect tourists, right, to be down there <laughs> yeah. and go check things out. Venice, sure. though, was like more my speed, though. I wish I would have just taken a time, go eat some tacos or something, and just hang out there Ooh. for a while. But I knew it took me a while to get down there. So when I walked back, I just walked the whole beach. And from a distance, like the. Santa Monica Pier is where we're supposed to meet up, and I could just barely see the Ferris wheel out in the distance. But I walked the whole thing. Wow. Walked the whole beach with, you know, just my feet on the sand. And that was like, talk about Zen. Oh, just, yeah. And the waves were fantastic. People were out there surfing and stuff, like nice, not gigantic waves or anything, but some nice, cra- big, crashing waves coming in and people enjoying the day. It was like, it was really peaceful. Man, you got it, dude. I really like. The times I'd gone out to L.A. before, like, I, I didn't really get to experience a whole lot. But what I did, you know, just I wasn't blown away by it. But now that I got the time to, like, hang out, um, get to know the town a little bit, like, I can see why this place can be very special. Sure. You don't have to be a famous actor or a musician or a CEO at a Fortune 500 company to be able to enjoy a place like Los Angeles. I get people don't like the traffic part of it. Mm. The traffic issue is the freeways, the 405. That is hectic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get off the freeway, it's no different than Kansas City. Right, right. In right. my opinion. The, the Pacific Coast Highway is exceptional for a drive, and you avoid a lot of it, a lot of that traffic, because people are onto the 405 so much. That is the section of the 405 that still ex- or excuse me, the uh, Pacific Coast Highway that still exists right. after the mudslides. Oh. Well, and that 405 also <laughs> takes you up to Bakersfield, and it took forever to get to Bakersfield sure. from LAX because we hit rush hour going north. It took forever to get out there. Plus, also, downtown Bakersfield's pretty cool. Like, it's kind of like a bigger Aggieville type of thing. Mm. Um, oh, by the way, I was also going to tell you guys about uh, the Whiskey A Go-Go because so many 80s bands got their starts there. I had to go see a show. But while I'm there, I also enjoy a couple of beverages. Right? No, really? And uh, they were serving beers in these plastic 12-ounce cups. So it's like you're having a can of beer every time. And I went up there, like, I'm trying not to be that kind of guy anymore that worries about prices. You know, I'm making decent cash these days. Yeah, and you're on I'm, vacation. And, you know, I, I have disposable income. Sure. I, I'm not technically on vacation, but I treated a day yeah, as if I was one, on vacation. One day. So I go and order these beers, right? I, I, I had four total, and it was four within like two and a half hours. Ooh, yeah. Um, and so I didn't worry about the price. Got the bill afterwards and saw four of those beers were $45. Oh. I was like, okay. Ten, yeah. Ten plus tax. But the thing is, though, like, obviously that wouldn't be the price everywhere. Like, I, I the place I went in Bakersfield, I, I got a... A Mexican mule for six dollars. I mean, that's sure. exactly the price you would get here in here in Manhattan. Right. 
But I also thought, you know what? I totally get the prices. I understand because this is a a famous, this is a worldwide famous music venue. Yes, sir. And it's on the Sunset Strip, one of the most notorious neighborhoods in all of Los Angeles. And they have to pay rent. It's a Monday night where 50 people are in this building. I, I understand the prices. What was your ticket price? $10. There's your beer price right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ten bucks to get in, yeah, and know, it was totally worth it. Yeah, life is totally short. worth it for the entertainment. That's the thing. Like, I think it was actually Dave Ramsey. Well, no, it wasn't. It was like, kind of the opposite of what Dave Ramsey would say. It's like the money will come back, the memories won't if yeah. you don't live them. You know right. what I mean? You're, you're right. making me feel better about my George Strait ticket purchase. <laughs> Did you get some? Set a new personal record. Good Lord. What were the, was it nosebleeds, first of all? No, we are in the third deck, but we're not nosebleeds. We're the lower portion of the third deck. I mean, I kind of consider the whole upper deck. I mean, sure. <laughs> there is, there will be, a, am sure there was a price difference between the upper portion of the third deck oh, and the yeah. lower portion. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be able to, you know, see him on stage rather than have to need binoculars to see him on stage. I mean, I sat in the lower part of the third deck for Garth Brooks and... It was kind of that fine line of where you're just barely close enough, like you can mm-hmm. maybe you you get a good glimpse of them, but also back far enough, you know, binoculars. But we're on the side, so we're on the sides. One sixty-five per was not oh, bad. That's not that's too not bad. bad. No, that's no, it's just that again. By the time you factor in forty-five dollars for parking and the fees, it was four fifty-eight. Yeah, that's when you mm. go. Wait a minute, I'm not good at math, but how does that end up? Oh, I see. Oh, hello, oh, Ticketmaster. Yeah, special venue fee. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yep. Well, and given, let, let's be perfectly honest, Little Big Town, Chris Stapleton, oh. George Strait. Oh, Couldn't yeah. care about Little little Big little big Town. I understand that. But Stapleton, you're in. Dude, Chris Stapleton. I, I've heard he's man. good. He's the man. Honestly, I can tell you one song. That's a, that is, that's a huge concert. Yeah. That really is a, a huge concert. concert. And so the price doesn't phase me that much. That's awesome. Chris Stapleton. He, that much. He, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that much. <laughs> I just hope. I, I, as, I, as Monica put it, there's your anniversary, your birthday, and your Christmas present. Dude, you're off the hook. Well, well I was going to say, yeah, I, I was like, man, you, if you're taking care of a bunch of holidays in one purchase, I, I think you got to steal. Perfect. I don't see it that way, but all right. <laughs> you're always going to have to get her something. It's I've no learned that a long time ago. California. That's My right sage always got to. Always got to get her something. Even if she says, don't worry about uh-huh. it, get her something. Oh, yeah. I I play that game. Oh, don't give me nothing. That's fine. Yeah, I know better. Oh, yeah, right. Hey. Yeah, because somehow, surprisingly, something will turn up that she got me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know how this goes. All right. Let's get to the sports. Why don't we? Um, it is combine day for Skylar Thompson. It doesn't appear that the quarterbacks are going yet, but I'm a little bit offended. Uh the way they have uh, basically stacked up Skylar Thompson versus Brock Purdy. It's coming oh, up next on, on the game. Ooh. 
Today is quarterback day at the NFL Combine, Lucas Oil Stadium, Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome back into the game. Still to come at hour number one, we're going to speak with K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. I actually have a surprise for Troy that has to do with tomorrow's show. We will be talking with Derek Young from K-State Online in the second hour, plus, of course, number one song of the day, and Ask Us Anything. Yeah, it is quarterback's day. Right now, actually, the tight ends are on the field at Lucas Oil Right now, going through their drills, and apparently now they're selling tickets to this thing. Um, you have, I think, you have to be the nerdiest of nerds when it comes to the NFL to go to the combine. I would, I would think second, second nerdiest would be going out to the draft. I, I, let me rephrase: the way the draft used to be, sure, when it was you know in New York City and uh, music, Radio City Music Hall. When they would have it out there, I did go one time, and it was incredibly boring. But I wanted to stay. I was day three. I wanted to wait until a cat was drafted. And within like the last 15 picks is when Bryce Brown was picked after like seven carries with the cats. I was like, finally. I was like, I might as well stay for Mr. Irrelevant. Yes. And check that out. At least least be there for something to celebrate. (laughs) It was like a quarterback from uh, northern Illinois Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um but now the way the the draft is, now it's a spectacle. It's a big show where they're going to a different city, which is the way they probably should have started doing yeah. it years ago. Um, and uh, they'll be in Vegas this year. Well, Skylar Thompson is the only cat at the Combine, and he is looking to get drafted, of course, looking to raise his stock. Well, if you look at the way the NFL has, uh, the Combine has graded out the quarterbacks coming into the Combine it breaks my heart to even have to say it. Skylar Thompson is the lowest graded quarterback in the NFL Combine. The top quarterback is Matt Coral from Ole Miss, who's actually not going to be throwing at the Combine because he's still coming back mm-hmm. from an injury. But second, I mean, the names you see at the top of the list are no surprise. Kenny Pickett from Pitt, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, Malik Willis. You might not recognize the name, but you might recognize how good Liberty has been in the last couple of seasons. And then of Carson Strong, who uh, played for Nevada. We saw him at Bill Snyder Family Stadium earlier this year, and the Cats were able to get it done without Skylar Thompson Mm -hmm. at quarterback. But at the bottom is Skylar Thompson. Now, he hasn't participated in anything yet, but we did get measurements earlier today. And I noticed when I turned on the NFL Network – they were giving Kenny Pickett a hard time. I was like, all right, what's going on? They're, they were kind of giving him a hard time about his hand size. I was like, all right, this is interesting. They said his hand size at eight and a half inches is not exactly ideal for a quarterback. I was like, so what is ideal? They mentioned nine yeah. inches is, yeah. I, is ideal for a quarterback. The stupidest so, measurement ever. Yes, I, I don't understand it. Like, these quarterbacks obviously can throw. Who cares about how big their hands are? Maybe it's an issue with holding it onto the football. Do they? Does it have anything to do with the hand strength? No, it has nothing to do with the hand strength. It's because they feel that you need to have nine inches or more to be able to handle the ball and get the spiral that they want, the zip that they want. So I brought in a ruler. If eight and a half inches isn't considered an ideal quarterback hand size, um, I wanted to get an idea of my hand size. I do not have big hands. I'm a small guy. I have small hands. So you're supposed to spread out your – I'm going to bring the microphone over here. Spread out your hand. Lay it flat on a table. I mean, just spread it out as far as you can and go from pinky to thumb. 
and I'm at eight inches. Hmm. He was at eight and a half? Eight and a half. Hmm. I'm almost quarterback worthy for the NFL. <laughs> Troy, let's go here. Troy is at nine. He's right at nine. So you're going to get drafted. My hands are small. I have small hands. The better to hold with. So you're at you're at you're at uh, nine inches and nine and an eighth. Yeah. You, so did you see Joe Burrow's tweet? He goes, no. "Good thing I didn't just up and quit at the combine because his hands were rated too small as well." See, th- this is this is why it just floors me because it is a such a stupid measurement in general. But on top of it, you're talking about the NFL football, which is a little bit smaller than what the college football is. Is it really? Oh, it I is. Didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, just a little. There's that difference there, and there's the difference in a little bit of painting. <laughs> but the young man from Independence, Missouri, did ring in at a hand size of eight and five eighths inches. So just a tiny bit bigger than old Kenny Pickett, who's graded out to be a top round, if not second round. Wow. Draft pick. And all the draft combine people have said that this isn't the best class for the uh, for the draft when it comes to quarterbacks. It's been compared to 2017. Yeah, try being a Broncos well, fan and knowing you need one. <laughs> yeah, well, do you guys remember 2017 and who came out of that draft? Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. was picked in that draft. So was Mitchell Trubisky, who was like a top three draft pick. That didn't exactly he's he's a free agent, right? Like he'll land on a roster somewhere. Like he's been okay enough to somebody will pick him up. But right now, Skylar Thompson is listed as a priority undrafted free agent. This is without anything taking place at the combine except interviews with the media, being asked crazy questions, which I really haven't seen anything on that on Skylar yet. Maybe it'll come out. Maybe we'll have it for tomorrow's show. I don't know. But he hasn't taken part in any drills yet. But Brock Purdy is also there at the NFL Combine. And here is his grade. So his stock has actually dropped since I saw the list earlier today. I mentioned Skylar Thompson is dead last in the grade, the prospect grade, before the Combine takes place. Well, Brock Purdy was kind of in the middle. Now he's like fourth worst. So it's actually a lot closer than what it was. So Brock Purdy has been graded a 5.57. Skylar Thompson is a 5.54. So there's you know hundreds of a of a decimal yeah. of a of a point is the difference right now between the two. I did want to mention as well. So here are the strengths. The NFL is listed for Skylar Thompson. Shows ability to work through progressions. Reads coverage on combo routes with timing. He resets the feet on the move and delivers from his platform. I mean, this gets really into it. Uh, Arm talent to make rollout and scramble throws with success. We certainly saw that this year. Delivers deep ball with adequate touch. Maneuvers around the pocket and locates his target. Won't uh, Won't take, rather, many unnecessary chances with the football. So here are the weaknesses. Weakness number one, and I knew this was going to be brought up, as a rookie, he would be 25 years old. Mm-hmm. He's an old man getting in the NFL. <laughs> He's very average passing uh, production over his 40 starts. Okay, uh, Below average accuracy on drive throws, which we did see that. not so, maybe, not, maybe not so much this year, but we saw it like in the Oklahoma game where the Cats won on the road. Like He threw some passes behind the receiver where the receiver had to make really great catches. They're talking about that. Uh, Overstrides and sails the throw. Yes, he has done that. He has been guilty of that. But honestly, who hasn't? Forces receivers to break stride and work for it. Throws 
need to come out with better anticipation, fails to fully explore passing options when he hits the red zone, okay, Hmm. and then missed chunks of time due to injuries. That's what I thought was going to was That was my one and two, his age and his injuries that he's dealt with the last couple of years. That would set him back a little bit. Now, Brock Purdy, what I don't like them not mentioning is how he can be an absolute silly interception machine. There is no, no mention of Brock Purdy in his, what, 33 interceptions in 45 career games or something Ooh. like that. It's a, it's a pretty high number. Skylar Thompson's number is not that high, but also his Skylar Thompson throwing interceptions was not considered a weakness here. But as of right now, Skylar Thompson not projected to be a draft pick. If he was, like, I would top it out at seventh round. Seventh round draft pick in a class that isn't expected to have a lot of heavy hitters in the class. But as an undrafted free agent, you still get your foot in the door. K-State as undrafted free agents has made it in the past, but we also saw in the last time a K-Stater made it to the NFL Combine, uh, one of them that was not drafted, and that's Alex Barnes, who left early to become an NFL star. That did not work out for him. Meanwhile, I mean, undrafted free agents, they can make it happen all the time. Briley Moore is also an undrafted free agent who's going to get a shot as a tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals, hopefully next season after he comes back you know, from injury. They say you would rather, instead of the seventh round, you'd rather have the option of being a free agent because you can pick where you go. So you can look at the roster, you can look at the depth chart. For sure. Plus, sometimes it's a total crapshoot. We have a third-round draft pick from K-State. Chris Harper got cut before the season started, and he was a third-round draft pick. It, it works for some people, and it doesn't for others. No matter where you're drafted. So it doesn't matter. Just to go out there and do your thing. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, uh, there there aren't very many of them. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick might be the only one where graded very low when it came to the quarterbacks at the combine, was drafted very low, like seventh round, but still had a decent NFL uh, career as a starter. Um, that was really the only option I could find. Doug Flutie kind of is in that conversation. He? he I don't even think he was drafted out of out of Boston College. He went to the USFL and or that the Canadian League and then was signed as a free agent of course later on and had a hell of a career, but he just never got a shot. He was always they always brought in the bigger, taller, stronger guys who had the giant hands, the 12-inch hands and stuff. And Doug Flutie never got a, a mm-hmm. real correct shot at it. He was always doubted the whole time. He went CFL. CFL. Originally. Well, no, secondarily. USFL first, CFL, and then back into the NFL. And it's just because they wouldn't give him a shot. They they were trying to still trying to turn him into a D back. I can't believe that. That just blows my mind. That guy was amazing. It just at this point w- with the class considered what it is, and I'm not no I'm by far no expert in this field of you know, sports talk radio and the NFL and the Combine and how a guy that just can skyrocket his stock. But it, it's hard for Skylar Thompson in this position to skyrocket his stock from undrafted free agent. Like he, his, his ceiling is probably seventh round pick. It doesn't really get much higher than that, unfortunately, for Skylar Thompson. But all he can ask for is getting this opportunity and uh, 
if you watch on the NFL Network, he'll be coming up at some point. The day ends at 10 o'clock. Oh. So between now and 10 o'clock, at some point, they will show Skylar Thompson throwing the football, doing his bench press. We'll find out his his 40-yard dash. <laughs> over, under. 40-yard dash. Over, under 4.8. Over. Over, for sure. Over. I didn't know. I, I was trying to have a hard time. Yeah, was, yeah, like, no. where should I put this? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I mean, shoot. I mean, was it like Michael Bishop's 40, like, oh, like five? Something like that. I mean, he wasn't nearly as straight line fast as everybody thought. I don't know if there's ever been a quarterback that's been over four point or under 4.8. I mean, it, because you have to K-State. remember with, with Bishop, it was about his decision making right. in the moment rather than his overall speed. Right. All right, let's take a break. Up next, K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty on at the game. We continue on with the game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G, Sage Williams with us as well. We're now joined by K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. Your coach is te- your your team is now uh, eighteen and eleven with an eight nine record in Big Twelve play. Um, I was in Bakersfield right before the the baseball game, watching your team take on Oklahoma in Norman, um, and that was a three point loss where Taylor Robertson hit a three at the buzzer, which is obviously crushing. But is the most crushing part about that is when you felt like you maybe got some of your best offense lately in that game. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I think we played much better. I think in the second half, it was a game I think where we saw Sundell play really well. We saw. Laura Mackey uh, played extremely well, and, and we made plays down the stretch, and they just made one more. I mean, anytime you're uh, standing on the sidelines and watching the ball in flight, the buzzer goes off as it goes in. It's a tough one, tough way to lose, but uh, I, I thought our group made plays down the stretch, and they just came up with one more. Now, the West Virginia game, I was watching it, you know, trying to fly back home from the trip to California. I'm at DFW watching this game go to a couple of overtimes, but the, the turnover bug, it seemed to really bite you in this one with 22 turnovers. The turnover issue, uh, which you get once in a while from your, your freshmen, are those type of issues like just dribbling into trouble? Like, do you feel like those are things that can be easily corrected at some point? It's a good question because one of the things that I think is disappointing in that, and I I talked to the team about this after the game, was just that are we better than we were a month ago at handling this because we're deep into the season right now and and, um, we should be handling these things better. And and we're not in stretches. Um, There are times where I think we're making progress and then, uh, you know, last night, uh, it reared its head again, and um, we've just got to be better. And, and what you see is what you see is that you've got to be able to play against pressure as opposed to always running plays. Because if you're running plays, and um, I thought West Virginia took away some of our actions to beat pressure, um, but there were plenty of opportunities in the full court uh, in in our motion to make plays out of that, and we seem to be a little bit frozen uh, at times. And so, um, you know, we're going to keep plugging away at it, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of basketball left. Uh, it's the best time of the year to play, but it's an area that um, in the last couple of weeks I haven't seen the growth that we need to have. 
Speaking with KSA women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty, uh, yesterday was Senior Day. Um, and the seniors you have have been with with you through this uh, through the thick and thin with this program through their whole careers. And um, is it extra emotional when you have a couple of seniors that we haven't really even got to talk about much because they haven't played the whole year in Rachel Ranky and also Savannah Simmons? Well, yeah, you hate for any player to have their career uh, and uh, their season uh, derailed by injuries, and both of them had multiple injuries throughout their career. And um, Savvy kind of had the injury uh, midsummer and uh, had to have surgery. Then Rachel, Rachel's injury was one that's uh, more severe than we realized initially. Uh, and then in trying to get it healthy, she had complications from that and uh, ended up didn't have a choice but to have surgery. And uh, just, you know, we were all the way, you know, I think you sat in there, Mitch, you know, we were all the way. At one point, we thought we'd have her back Thanksgiving. And we kind of pushed that back to, you know, maybe middle of December. And then it just, uh, she had the complications maybe about that first December and then there wasn't any other choice but to have surgery, and uh, she was doing everything she could to get to play. But uh, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly for the seniors, that's hard. Now back to one of your freshmen, Serena Sindel, and I'm sure you probably got asked about this after the, uh, or at least maybe after one of the press conferences you had, because she's once again for the fourth time Big Twelve Freshman of the Week, and of course in consideration for Big Twelve Freshman of the Year but against Texas and Oklahoma, 20 points a game. And she kind of reminds me of uh, uh, from the men's basketball team, Marquise Noel, where she's also really good with the assists. And even when she's not shooting well, she'll try to make up for it when getting to the free throw line and knocking down free throws. Of course, she's in consideration for freshman of the year. What is the competition in the Big 12? Like, Do you feel like she is already locked it up or is still some competition where she's going to have to try to beat them out? Well, I think it's going to come down to her and Rory Harmon at Texas. Those have been the two best freshmen all year long. Um, they've been the two most consistent. Um, they, they, they've been uh, leading their team. So I really feel like it's, it's going to come down to those two. Um, and I think it's going to be close. I think Serena has uh, had huge games for us. And, and I think the difference for us is the impact she's had on our team, period. and. Not to mention, she's out there playing with a young basketball team. And so I think she's really, you know, all three of our freshmen are going to be up for consideration. Uh, it, it would appear, though, that it'll boil down to, to Harmon and, and Serena. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where it shakes out. But certainly what she's done, I think she's certainly deserving. Coach, it does appear now you, you look to be a sixth seed for the Big 12 tournament. So that'd be a Friday at 7.30. That means you skip the first day. Um, I mean, going back to the Oklahoma uh, matchups, are you, are you kind of hoping that Oklahoma will get that three seed because you like the matchup and you've played, uh, you, you beat them in, in, at home and then a close one on the road just a couple of days ago? Well, you know, after the way we left Norman, um, you know, a tough loss, uh, that'd be a matchup that, uh, you know, I think would be a good one. And, um, certainly, uh, they've had a, uh, they've had a terrific year, very good basketball team. We've had, uh, we played great against them here 
And um, obviously, it's a game that Lee just uh, went off. They had a very different defensive strategy uh, that limited Lee's touches but gave others opportunities uh, in Norman. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you don't – obviously, uh, it looks – I haven't really looked at it today, Mitch, um, but it looks like it's going to be their Oklahoma or Texas. And um, Texas is one that um, – you know, if we play them, we know we're going to get a lot of pressure defense. So uh, we don't control who we play. We'll take either one of them. But uh, we need to play that TCU game uh, well on Saturday because every game's critical this time of the year. So, uh, And we'd like to get some momentum going in the tournament, too. You know, we'd like to have some positive vibes going into the tournament. And coming off of last night, um, we gave them today off, and uh, we'll come back tomorrow. But we need to get some momentum going uh, before the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, Coach, you brought up the subject of my last question here, and that's about TCU. Finish up the regular season at the Horn Frogs. Uh, Schollmeyer Arena at 1 o'clock Saturday, and you won the first meeting by 9. Uh, just your thoughts on this TCU team and some keys to picking up a win in your last game of the regular season? Dangerous. They're, they're a dangerous team. They're, uh, they have not had a successful year at all. But they've got, I don't know how many seniors they've got. It'll be senior night in there. I think they've got six or seven seniors. It'll be an emotional game for them. I'm sure they'll come out uh, with a lot of emotion. And uh, we're going to get their best shot. Um, they're a dangerous basketball team. They it went down to the wire at Tech for them last night. Uh, they lost 83-79. Um, and they had some players really play well in that game. So they're just a really dangerous basketball team. All right, Coach Mitty, I appreciate your time, and I'm sure we'll see you in Kansas City in about a week. All right, Mitch, thanks. That's KC Women's Basketball Coach Jeff Mitty here on The Game, and when we come back to wrap up Hour 1, I got a little surprise for Troy. That's up next. Oh, man, Troy's about to get the surprise of his life. Dude, how excited are you right now? You got George Strait for an interview tomorrow. <laughs> No, but I did okay. get somebody for an interview tomorrow. Uh-oh. So your I get, former girlfriend. You know, no. <laughs> yeah. you, you, keeping in mind, you're going to have to balance that with me having to duck a little early tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we got you. Well, we here's the deal. We have to, we're going we're gonna to tape it tomorrow morning. Okay. And I get these emails all the time like, hey, do you want to interview this person, that person? Like It's a, like random people that always come up. And so I've just decided I'm going to try to get his many as I can. All these random people, these celebrities that want to promote stuff. Heck yeah, let's get them on. Let's talk to them. Why not? Especially for this summer. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Random celebrity interview. That'll be the name of the uh, segment. But for the first one, Troy, get this. Guess who we got lined up? It is none other than former Denver Bronco Vernon Davis. That works. <laughs> There's actually a little irony to that, in that a good friend of mine, when Vernon was coming out of college, hosted him on a sports talk show oh! at the station that I used to be on. Dude, it comes so, full, full circle. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. Of course, right? I don't think uh, Vernon Davis is known for his days as a Denver no, Bronco. No, he wasn't. No. I would say San Francisco 49 That was it, yes. Yeah. But uh, he'll be on tomorrow's show. He's going to be on a new TV show with Eric Stone Street. Very cool. Very cool. And we'll uh, we'll go into detail on more on that tomorrow. But coming up next to kick off Hour 1, Derek Young from Case Online. We're talking K-State hoops. On the other side, the game on K-Man.